Episode 175 of this show is titled Ring of Honor. Please come back. Ring of Honor announced yesterday that ROH, as we know it, will culminate at the December 11th Final Battle Show. The company will then take quarter one of 2022 off to work internally at reimagining ROH. Ring of Honor wants to deliver fans a unique experience when they return to live events in April, but they will have a new strategy and a new mission. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling around the world. On today's show, we're going to talk about Ring of Honor in the first segment. And I love Ring of Honor, and I hope they do come back. We also have major headlines and rumors in wrestling. John DeConi is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for October 27th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, John, welcome to the show. How's it going? All right, not bad. How's your morning so far? Very good so far. So big news that hit yesterday is uh, is Ring of Honor. As far as I'm concerned, they own the news cycle right now. So, No doubt. Yeah, that's huge, huge news. Yeah, so, uh, so here's what they put out in a statement. Um, Throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events for over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully con- contracted. Now we find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and a new strategy. The year will culminate with a final battle in December, and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine Ring of Honor. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry. We appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize ROH. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. So there's a lot to unpack there, but I mean, I think the main thing is uh, we're going to get final battle this year. And then after that, ROH is going away for at least one quarter. Right. Uh, And then we don't know necessarily what we're going to get when they come back. Yeah, it's, and right now, final, the only thing that's booked for final battle is a uh, women's title match, right? And they don't, we don't even know one half of it. <laughs> right. We know Roxy is going to defend, and we don't know who her opponent's going to be. It's down to, um, well, they've had a couple of triple threat matches. Uh, and what they're doing is they're having three triple threat matches, and then the winner of the final, or the, and then, yeah, the, the winner of the last one will then go on to face Roxy. So. It's a whole thing, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> presumably they'll have all the champions uh, wrestling sure. matches that night. It's really weird. Like, so the other thing that they didn't mention in their statement, but is while uh, you know universally understood at this point, is that all of the ROH talent has effectively been released, or at least released with notice, right? So right. the idea is that they're going to finish up the year. Uh, they'll go through the final battle pay per view. Uh, and then most of their contracts are probably up for renewal at the beginning of the year, and they will not be renewed. There are some that go longer if they had multi-year deals or whatever, uh, and those people will pay be paid through the March-April time frame. Uh, but, of course, there's not going to be any wrestling. I have heard from um, uh, Sean Ross Sapp reported yesterday on Twitter that they will work 
the ABN ROH will work with talents that are able to obtain work elsewhere or want to leave more immediate than the end of the year. So uh, I think that they're open to doing whatever they need to do to kind of keep, you know, once again, take care of the talent in that way. So um, it's really kind of, it's really sad for me. I mean, I think it's a major, major blow to wrestling. Um, I heard this morning, uh, Dave Meltzer was saying on, on Wrestling Observer Radio that the idea when they do come back is that it's going to be no contracted wrestlers. It's going to be like a top indie where, you know, they just bring in who the most, uh, the people that are available that night yeah. when they're doing their tapings and that's how they're going to operate. Um, so it's truly the end of an era for ROH. Yeah. And that, that company has meant so much to this, this present generation. I mean, you look at the history of the ROH title and it is, it is just a who's who. I mean, you, you, you look at the end of the attitude era and just about everyone that has sprung up that hasn't come exclusively through the WWE system has spent some time there and that, you know, has probably had a pretty good run there. Loki, Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, CM Punk, Jamie Noble, uh, Brian Danielson, Nigel McGuinness, Tyler Black, who we all know now is uh, uh, Seth Rollins, Roddy Strong, Eddie Edwards, Davey Richards, Kevin Steen, who's Kevin Owens, the Briscoes, Cole, Lethal, O'Reilly, Daniels, Cody. I mean, it's just a who's who. And, the, you know, the, they've been the, the little engine that could for so long. It's, just, it's a shame to see that they've gotten to this point. But hopefully they do exactly what they say. They take some time off. They reimagine, repackage, re-strategize, and they come back because wrestling needs that little promotion that's just above your local indie. Yeah. They need it needs that, and they have been that for so long. You know, Ring of Honor was was born in two thousand two, basically out of the ashes of. WCW and, and ECW closing their doors in 2001. So at that point in time, when ROH came about, they were the only real alternative um, that was available, you know, kind of nationwide uh, to, to WWE. And now, many, many years later, we see the impact rippled through WWE and AEW. And you mentioned even some names that are, are big impact mainstays. Sure. Um, Moose went to t Twitter, the current Impact World Champion went to Twitter to talk about how ROH was the first company to give him a look. So a lot of mixed feelings about this. And, you know, you mentioned that wrestling needs a company like this. Well, you know, I say that to this, you know, so much like um, AEW is, is wildly considered like the WWE alternative, but um, we need alternatives to WWE and AEW. At this point, sure. you know, like AEW is is growing and growing and growing, and they're um, they're bringing in a lot of top names and stuff. But they're a big, huge national company. They're not um, they're not an alternative anymore. They're almost kind of I don't want to say they're more of the same because it's totally not true. They're they're completely right. different than WWE. But you almost you need a kind of an alternative out there for them too. You need places for wrestlers to work. If you're going to have two great big huge national companies you need places for people to kind of cut their teeth um and work so absolutely 
Yeah. Uh, so I guess also, so Joe Coff, who is kind of the leader at, at Ring of Honor, he he told Fightful, or not, I shouldn't say he told Fightful, but others told Fightful that he had multiple meetings trying to fight for Ring of Honor. Ultimately, Sinclair, uh, Sinclair Broadcasting, they're the ones who own Ring of Honor. Um, they made the call. Talent was told there was some type of TV show that will be in place after Final Battle, but weren't told what it will be. So a lot of moving parts here. Sinclair, you know, it's another situation. It's kind of like Turner, right? When Turner sold WCW, right. you know, this big, huge wrestling company owned by a network, when the times are tough, it's, it's a lot easier to cut loose the wrestling company than it is to try to figure out how to make it profitable. And you have the same kind of situation here where Sinclair is the owner. They're, they're a diverse company. They got a lot of properties. And when you got this one, that's kind of a huge uh, money pit, probably yeah. it might be easier just to let it go. Yeah. It's a shame, but yeah, business is business. And uh, that extends through wrestling. That's for sure. Now, the other interesting thing about this is that everybody immediately starts talking about making a sale. You know, maybe Ring of Honor should just sell themselves off to WWE or sell themselves off to AEW. And when you look at the, the approach that they're taking, um, they're getting rid of all their contracts, right? So that reduces liability down to just about nothing. Sure. Um, and it kind of makes them very poachable. For that you know like it, they're very much available to yes come come buy our tape library it's it's yeah, really exactly. this whole asset. exactly yeah. that's what it comes down to you'd be buying a video library which is i'm sure amazing you know i mean yeah. i did it i did a quick search and this is what this this is what kills me about roh this net this generation was being of wrestlers was being incubated in roh you know i ran down all the names and they were doing a loop right here in my backyard. They were at the Hammerstein. They were at the Manhattan Center. They were 10 minutes away from me in Elizabeth at the Rexplex. And, a, you know, a, a, a quick road trip to Philly down at the 20, what's now the 2300 Arena. And I did, I did a quick search for, like, you know, uh, big matches that took place in Elizabeth that I could have ridden a bike to if my car had been on the fritz <laughs> and one of the first things that comes up was 2003 brian danielson versus aj styles there you go and that was happening right in my backyard and i was still kind of you know i was still at the tail end of the attitude era where i was just proud to have my hot box you know uh, to, to watch all the pay-per-views for free and I was spending my money to actually go to baseball games because that was the tail end of the Yankee dynasty and whatnot. And to think that all of that amazing wrestling was so close and I saw none of it. I kick myself every time I think of ROH. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it is crazy. You're right. All these guys cutting their teeth. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan match. Also, your Christopher Daniels had killer matches back in the day. Um they have the Briscoes, who basically never left, right? They were there on the yeah. very first show wrestling against each other, and they're still there today. They did a, a really rare detour over to GCW and won the tag titles recently. But aside from that, I can never think of them going anywhere else. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's very, very crazy. And the, 
the tape library that we're talking about where you're going to get this Brian Danielson and AJ Styles match and all these, these crazy things that are out there. When you look at the business end of that, for me, it's like, okay, well, WWE's got the assets to purchase this thing and no problem. Um, they can pay four times what it's worth. Then I think about how they bought WCW for $2 million. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, I, Vince would be looking for a deal. And then when you really kind of, you know, play that out, is WWE really going to get a billion more dollars for having the ROH type tape library tied in with their Peacock deal? I don't think that it's going to incrementally make a difference in their uh, in their content deals. So maybe it doesn't even make sense for them. Yeah, and then, and yeah. On yeah. The well, hopefully, side, hopefully, they decide that it's not even worth their bother. Yeah, because that'll leave it out there, and that'll you know that when they rebuild the company, God willing. You know, it could be built around, you know, they could still have that in their back pocket. I hope it stays that way. Yeah. The other strong, the other asset they have, and I don't know how big their Honor Club subscription is, but they do have, uh, they do have subscribers that are paying, you know, $100 a year or whatever for Honor Club. And that gets, those people have access to the tape, to the tape library, basically the same thing as the WWE Network. So sure. that is one asset that could, that would be purchased, I guess, is that, you have those subscribers. Um, if they don't shut Honor Club down when they shut down everything at the end of the year, so it's an it's interesting. It's an, it would be an interesting play for Tony Khan too, because unlike WWE, he doesn't have you know twenty years of of tape right. to sell into a uh, a content deal. He only has two years of television and maybe ten pay per views. Uh, if he adds all that ROH cat back catalog in there, then maybe he is better position to make a content deal with an ESPN or a Peacock or, uh, you know, any of them. So sure. it might make more sense for him. And of course we know he has the assets as well. He's told us recently that he has more money than Vince. So, um, so it's interesting. I mean, all of that being said, ROH being, you know, ripe for purchase or whatever. I don't really want to see that. I want to see ROH. I want ROH. I don't want to see uh, them go go that way. So yeah, hopefully we get that. Um, I wrote a, a column yesterday and put it up on my my website. Kind of my feelings on on it, and you know, I was when when AEW started. I think a lot of eyeballs shifted away from Ring of Honor, uh, and it was it's kind of interesting phenomenon in, in my own head of what happened is I kind of actually turned my attention toward them because I saw that it was. So, sort of the AEW origin story, and I already knew that it was the origin of all these other people that you mentioned: your Kevin Steens and your Seth Rollins and your El Generico, Sami Zayn, and all these guys that that did their time there. So I kind of turned my attention toward them at the launch of, it, of AEW, knowing that the Bucks were leaving and Hangman Page was leaving and Cody was leaving. And what I found was they had brought in uh, PCO, who, of course, we all remember as uh, you know, one of the Quebecers back in WrestleMania 10 fighting Mo and Mabel of Men on a Mission for the tag titles. And, um, and you have this guy, he's, he, he had this whole career decades ago and he, and he left wrestling. Uh, he became a French commentator for Impact, which was a great job. Uh, but he had maintained this dream since he was 14 years old of being world champion. Uh, and so my experience with Ring of Honor is, you know, as AEW launches, I go to Ring of Honor Final Battle in 2019, 
and I and I learned this story about PCO coming back into wrestling and he wins the world championship that night. And so it's just like for me, it's just this in, immensely inspiring story of a person who never gave up on their dream and who bet on themselves at 52 years young, recreated himself, made himself into a French Frankenstein monster and got over. He 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 drove his car from Montreal to uh, New Orleans to face Walter at Joey Janela's spring break and put himself back on the map. And that's to me in my head, that's ring of honor. That's ring of honor doing honor, you know, doing what's honorable to this guy who did so much uh, in his career and had these goals and his title reign was really short, but that to me is what I think of when I think of ring of honor. And it's, it's not your CM Punk and Samoa Joe matches, while those were really important in history. It's that PCO thing that has me wanting Ring of Honor to survive. So yes, yeah, because yeah, wrestling needs a place for stuff like that to happen. Exactly, exactly. So I guess let me I'll close out the segment um, about Ring of Honor here. With, uh, but I guess. As I said, as I titled this episode, and I, I titled my art, my column, Ring of Honor, please come back. <laughs> uh, we need you. So, all right. With that said, we got other stuff to talk about. Uh, we have some more headlines. John has dug up some rumors for us to get into. We got a full, not a full card for full gear, but we got a lot of matches now. Yeah. So stick with us. We'll be right back in about one minute. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Friday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. All right, John, I don't want to bury the lead, but I think the thing I'm most looking forward to on television tonight is Dark Side of the Ring, Vince McMahon versus the United States. Yeah, yeah, this is one of the ones that uh, definitely caught my eye when we, you know, uh, when it was leaked, uh, you know, the the titles of the upcoming programs were going to be. This one should be really, really good. Yeah, it should be very interesting, and it's... It's kind of fun in the in a way because we know that WWE is actually producing a series 
of the same name. Um, so the villains will be different, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> uh, it's like it's like where you see uh, you can see the story told from both sides. It's kind of like your Wizard of Oz and Wicked type of <laughs> situation. Yeah. It's like what we just saw with uh, the Ultimate Warrior, you know, yes. earlier this year. We're going to see both sides. <laughs> yeah. So this will cover the steroid trial uh, that took place in the 90s where uh, Vince McMahon had been – I don't know what they're going to cover down, but I know from reading and stuff that Vince McMahon was making plans of who was going to run the company if he went to jail and all of the stuff. So uh, it should be really intriguing and – I don't think we're going to have anybody get canceled here. I don't think this is going to be like your your dark, uh, your plane ride from hell or anything like that. But I think it's just going to be really fascinating about how this turns out and what, what we what we see and learn. So, yeah, I think that the worst that should come out of this is a few a few people speak, and you know Vince holds a grudge for the next ten years, uh, you know, against them. <laughs> What's one more person having a bad thing to say about Vince McMahon going to do? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, all right. Uh, in WWE news, Tomasa Ciampa and Braun Breaker were both added to the WWE UK tour, and this comes after yesterday we we talked about on the show that Walter was announced for that tour. Walter made a bunch of sense, right? Because he lives sure. over there and he's a UK star and whatnot. Uh, it's curious to me that Champa and Breaker are making the list, though. Um, this this is uh, it's not unprecedented that WWE would bring in guys for uh, NXT guys for house shows, but it says to me that maybe they want to keep their eyes on Braun Breaker and see you know they can see him in sort of an unfiltered environment, and they bring Champa in to either wrestle him or or do whatever. Uh, maybe Champa maybe Champa is getting the look too. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that's presented uh, on that trip. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, AW last night they had a, a good dynamite show, uh, especially if you are into the goofy Halloween stuff, because um, that was your main event, goofy Halloween stuff. But they added a whole bunch of matches to full gear. We have the finals of the Eliminator tournament. We have Britt Baker versus Tay Conti, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page, Lucha Bros versus FTR for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The Inner Circle versus American Top Team in a Minneapolis street fight, and Darby Allen versus MJF all signed for full gear. So, card is coming together nicely. John asks, anyone noticed that Ethan Page powdered his nose before the match last night? <laughs> I didn't notice. What I did notice was Preston Vance having his mask ripped apart and getting uh, blading in the within a match that only lasted one and a half minutes so yeah john moxley john is moxley. really tearing through i think he's turning heel john <laughs> yeah yeah the, the man clearly does not get paid by the hour and uh yeah he, he's got a bit of an attitude even yes. even more than his character was built on yeah absolutely all right let's talk about some of the rumors that you've dug up because you've got a pile of them so let's let's dig in Alrighty, uh, so we're talking about uh, unfortunately ROH going away for a little while. Uh, you had mentioned earlier in the week Impact and AEW, their partnership is kind of over. Now we're starting to get a little inkling as to something being behind that. That you know, not a lot there yet, but could be very exciting. It's interesting. Like a Facebook group actually wrote that Impact was kind of leaning towards maybe getting a streaming deal with 
ESPN. So it came out of a Facebook group. I haven't seen anybody else run with this story, but maybe there's some fire where we see the smoke. But um, I do think that, I mean, they have a very underappreciated back catalog. Um, it Yeah, so like this rumor comes out of the Facebook group, but maybe something could happen here. We're talking about, you know, people acquiring Ring of Honor's tape library. You know, maybe that maybe Impact can make strike a deal. They have, what, 20 almost 20 years worth of content there, right? They started in 2003, 2004 as well. Uh, with their first battle, uh, first bound for glory, we know was 2005. So they were right around that time, 2004-ish or so. So they've got a lot of years of, of tape that they can they can put out. And, you know, I, I don't like to say it this way, but their best years are kind of behind them. So like they need to get cash in on their uh, the huge success that they had all those years ago. And, if nothing else, it's another, it, you know, it, by the way, Impact is in the same boat as ROH. They're owned by a network. So a lot of their future lies in the hands of some people at Access TV making sure. some decisions or, or Anthem, I guess it is. So, you know, you never know what could happen there. And, you know, maybe they could sell off the whole tape live back catalog themselves, but they do air a whole lot of, of content on Access. So it's almost hard for me to believe that they would um do an exclusive deal where they didn't have access to their their stuff to put on access but but we'll see i i think keep our eyes peeled for this because there could be something at any moment announced with impacts back catalog content is king right now absolutely okay moving right along you uh earlier this week also talked about uh you know we've we've seen most of the 2022 wwe pay-per-view schedule and there was kind of a, a little you know note about the labor day weekend show now we have maybe a little bit more information as to why they're not quite sure about that date yeah both uh fightful and the observer are reporting that uh, WWE is looking to run the UK that weekend. Principality Stadium in Cardiff or Wembley in London. So that means they really shouldn't be going directly head-to-head with AEW. And John Smith and I were talking yesterday about, oh my God, what if they run in the same market or they're even on the same night in a different market? Uh, what does all that you know, kind of mean? So, it's, so it'll be interesting to see if they do pull off a UK date. Um, and how that impacts all out, if at all. So, sure. uh, because they shouldn't be running at the same time. But I'd also be interested to know just what running in the UK would mean for the US viewership. Uh, I know the some of the UK folks stay up super late to watch WWE. Would we? Would we do that? <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah get, uh, throw them a bone over there. I know they do their tours over there, but they haven't had a big show. Yes. over there in quite a while so yeah that'd be great okay uh we've spoken in the past about uh, the wwe draft and how uh, some teams got split up some teams got rumored to be split up it didn't happen i you know we, we've gotten some news that some of these some of these poor people found out via social media that their you know their run was over with a particular partner yeah yeah all all in all like the history of the the draft you know Bubba Ray and Devon and everything. There's there's a lot there, but um, you know the the thing that, and I think we've talked about it before with this AJ Styles and Amos is that they were they were you know um, targeted 
for a split and that somebody pushed for them to stay together. Uh, and we don't know, we don't know who it is that pushed, but it's gotta be somebody uh, that has some clout because I just don't see Vince or, you know, whoever is making the decisions events uh, listening to pretty much anybody on these things, right? Because there has to be people that said, hey, you know, splitting up Otis and Tucker is probably not a good idea. Uh, splitting up Bubba Ray and Devon is probably not a good idea. Splitting up the King and JR is probably not a good idea. But <laughs> he did all those things. So for them to, for him to somebody to get to him and say, hey, look, Amos is not ready to stand on his own yet. And for him to listen, it must have been somebody with clout. And there's probably a lot of truth to the situation. And they probably have a lot invested in Amos. And they think he can be a big, huge superstar if they don't pull the trigger too soon. Right. Yeah. You know, there's there's basically two possibilities there. It's either someone who's worked with Omas, uh, you know, against Omas in Randy Orton, who would be one of the few people to have a lot of clout with Vince, or the guy who's standing next to Omas all the time, AJ Styles. <laughs> right. That's what. That's kind of what you assume, right? <laughs> so, or maybe or you, any chance it's Omas himself who's like, I'm not ready to stand on my own, you know? Um, I don't know. So I mean, we'll see. The thing is, you know, a lot of people. The, the storyline makes sense, right? We got the super, super talented guy like AJ Styles and the great big, huge heavy. It's the Shawn Michaels diesel story from all the, you know, from years ago. It's Raquel, Dakota, whatever. Um, but the difference is Kevin Nash had a whole history of wrestling before he became diesel and was in the sure. WWE. Amos is super, super green. So yeah. he needs a little bit more time to mature. And I think he's really over. When he gets in the ring and he does a couple of moves, the crowd goes bananas for this guy. So um, let him mature and then pull the trigger on him later, I think. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of split-ups in the draft, that did not happen, but maybe will before too long. Montez Mont Ford getting a lot of attention. Yeah, Montez Ford and, uh, and Angelo Dawkins. I guess there was a lot of talk about Dawkins staying on SmackDown and Montez Ford flipping over to Raw. Uh, they would, of course, bring him over there because Bianca's over there. Um, and I guess Give Me Sport ran a story, an exclusive story, saying that Ford's match with Roman Reigns was a trial run as a, as a singles guy just to see how he would do. And apparently he did very, very well. He passed with flying colors. I don't think that's a surprise. He's an He's an excellent athlete. Um, and and Montez Ford himself has talked about uh, doing a singles run in the past. Uh, so it does feel a lot more real these days. And I would say that the Street Profits, we might get another year out of them, but I, I don't feel like they're going to be around for a long, long, long time. I could yeah. be wrong, but that's just yeah. my feeling. Hey, if we do get the full year out of them before they split them up, that would be, you know, more than we could ask for because obviously Ford has been pegged as a future single star. So I'll you tell know, you, if Angelo it, Dawkins gets injured, oh, I think that's probably the end of his career. <laughs> very likely, very likely. You know, he may, he may chase he may chase our truth around for a couple of months, but uh, you know, yeah. it won't be long before he's future endeavor. I shouldn't say it's the end of his career. It's the end of his career as we know it, as part of the Street Profits. I'm sure. You know, he's very charismatic, too. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll do well. Yeah, he might be able to reinvent himself to some degree. But, uh, yeah, Ford is obviously the Shawn Michaels there. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, and lastly, kind of uh, loosely related to the last one, Bianca. Uh, and actually, this story is more about Charlotte, who's not getting a lot of good press recently. But uh, Charlotte had some ideas recently that they didn't exactly go with, but at least it shows Charlotte willing to do business. A good point, solid point. Because um, so the 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 story here is Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport reported that Charlotte wanted to lose clean to Bianca on Raw. Um, apparently, Charlotte is a big fan of Bianca, and she felt that the DQ finish killed what would have been a big win for Bianca. Um, I agree. That finish was horrible. After watching a good match for 25 minutes or whatever it was, we had a stupid, stupid finish. Um, and it would have been an, a really great big, bin, uh, great big win for Bianca Belair, and the story would have been better. We wouldn't have had the stupid belt exchange on SmackDown. So it would have solved a lot of problems. Now, having said all that, you're right. Charlotte did business, which was good because she's really getting hammered for not doing business on SmackDown. Uh, and it, and I have to say, it was unprofessional what she what she did. Sure. Um, so hopefully, hopefully Charlotte Flair can rebound from some of this stuff. Uh, I, I would say... Hey, she's right about this Bianca Belair thing. I think that would have been a much better situation. But you got to be a professional because if you're not a professional and you do you go off script, why would Tony Khan bring you in? Why would anybody bring you in if you're available? If they can't trust you to do what's I mean, it's a it's a television show. It's not sports. Um, it is scripted, and you, you have things you're supposed to do. And if you don't do them, how can you be trusted? You're not reliable. So. Yeah, you can't you can't be freelancing, especially not on live TV. Yeah, exactly. That does it for rumors, right? Yeah, just a handful today. Yeah. Well, we also have uh, NXT UK today. We have Tyler Bate versus Noam Dar. That's a Heritage Cup Championship match. Rohan Raja versus Mark Coffey. And the interesting thing there is that Teoman and Raja are apparently bringing somebody else into the family. Mark Coffey, of course, a trio, part of the trio Gallus. So maybe you see this happen, play out there. Amal will be in action, apparently going up against Myla Grace. So we will see how that, oh, here we go. What's this? Gary, he's so happy we're talking about NXT UK finally. <laughs> but Amal is in action, apparently going against Myla Grace, somebody who Gary saw her first match. So... Uh, good luck to in action on the show tonight. Let's go, Myla, says Gary. Impact, we have the Bound for Glory pay-per-view fallout. X-Division champion Trey Miguel will be going up against Rocky Romero. The Knockouts champion Mickey James will speak on her title weight, uh, win. Tasha Steeles versus Rachel Ellering. Chris Saban versus Ace Austin. Heath versus Joe Doring. And as we mentioned, Dark Side of the Ring is Vince McMahon versus the United States. So, good, good night in wrestling, yes. Full, full, full lineup. So that said, John, anything else we need to cover in the world of wrestling? Uh, if you're so inclined, uh, Impact in 60, they do that uh, nice kind of greatest hit show after the show. Uh, that will center around Daphne tonight. So, Oh, that's good. Yeah, that'll be a good tribute to her, I'm sure. So, all right. Well, that said, John, let's get out of here. We will be back with a full slate of shows next week. So stick with us and we'll, uh, we'll see you then.
sehen. Ja.